The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome to an Employment Law Show. We are here. We hope you are ready as well. Andrew, uh, Andrew Goldberg is here to, uh, to do all the heavy lifting today. I want to remind you as well that the phone lines are open for one reason and one reason only, to get you to call and ask your questions. That's why we are here. And uh, if you got a question, 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400. And, uh, yeah, that's how we roll. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Monday night edition of the show is underway. Andrew, big fella, how are you tonight? You got a couple things, a couple situations you wanted to discuss off the top. But, uh, what do you got for me? Well, I did. I have uh, two situations today. One is more COVID specific and the other is something mm-hmm. that we see all the time, even you know pre-pandemic. So the first one I'd like to talk about is the COVID one. So this is something I've seen maybe four or five times in the last month. And I think this will apply to even some of the listeners out there. That's why I selected it. But long story short, a gentleman comes to me and he says, look, I've been placed on a layoff in June. I was a supervisor. There were about 20 people that reported into me. I've been on the layoff since that time, and now I'm being asked back to work. But the problem is they want me to take a huge demotion and take an entry-level job, and they want me to take a huge pay cut, and I don't want to accept that. So I tell him, you know, tell the company you don't want to accept that. You don't have to at all. So he goes ahead and he does that. The company responds and they say, look, if you don't take this job, we're going to consider that you've abandoned your position. And obviously, which is just a crazy thing to assert, he's not abandoning his job at all. It's the company who's saying that he doesn't have his job anymore. So he writes back and he says, look, I'm not abandoning my job. I just want the same pay and the same type of position I always had. I'm happy to come back. I just don't want a huge demotion. And the company said, too bad. It's happening. And the demotion is the only thing that you're able to do. And when my client refused, the company maintained its position. They said, look, you've abandoned your job. And that was it for him. And he was not offered any severance package whatsoever. And uh, this is a huge uh, no-no, a big no-no, because clearly this is just a termination with a severance. He had a job. They told him his job wasn't there anymore. And he can take a lesser job. And he didn't want to. So in the circumstances, there's no way, uh, you know, it could be found that he abandoned his position. And this is the, he's entitled to a fair severance package. And I'm seeing this all the time from different companies trying to find ways to kind of weasel out of their severance obligations. So uh, this is just, uh, you know, an example for listeners out there in case this is happening to them. You know, the thing is, though, unless they hear this show or wise up or someone tells them about you and the firm, a lot of these companies are going to get away with it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people, you know, there's obviously a huge power difference between an employer and an individual. And even people that call us for the first time and know about us, they're very worried and they're anxious. And they think if the employer says it, it must be right. But no, people out there, you have rights and the law works to protect you in a lot of ways. And of course, it's a great idea if if you're listening to the show or, you know, you know somebody that's going through this and maybe they don't listen to the show, just have them contact us and we'd be definitely pleased to help out. Let's get to the second week that was after a phone call. Always the priority. It's uh, 416-870-6400. Nicola, thank you for uh, for standing by. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? 
Great. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, it just um, my question is about with the COVID and uh, the government response. Um, I had just actually started a great contract job. Um, uh, I'm cleaning um, gymnastics gyms and training gyms in the evenings. And obviously, when COVID hit in March, I lost all of my contracts. But I looked and followed the CERB, everything to the letter, and I seem to qualify for all of it. And I now am getting letters from the government telling me I have to pay it all back because there's no record of my employment. But I just started this job, so I'm having anxiety, hoping I don't have to pay it all back. But I do have proof of employment. I do have my receipts. It's just, obviously, I haven't filed yet for 2020 income tax. Am I going to be okay? Hey, well, that's an excellent question. So were you, these contracts, were, was the company trying to take the position you were an independent contractor or an employee? No, I was an independent contractor. So I just, like, billed them myself and my own hours and everything. I was never an employee. They never even had, none of them even had any of my social insurance numbers. I was just keeping track of my hours and uh, sending them in bills monthly, and they're invoicing me. Well, I would expect, I mean, this is something I think would be best handled with Service Canada directly, um, you know, the individual or whoever wrote you the letter. But I would expect the issue here is if you aren't an employee, uh, you know, when you're an employee, you get something called a record of employment when your employment ends, right? It's a formal document and it outlines why you were let go or why your employment ended and what you had earned in the period and when you started and what position you held, all that stuff. But as what's called an independent contractor in your case, um, it could just be a situation where, like you said, there's no documentary support for you working there. So I would for sure start with working with the, you know, the government and you know, uh, providing as much information as possible and having them connect with your employer and, you know, having them work with the, uh, to provide as much information as well. I mean, in the meantime, I can tell you as well that it's also possible that you're entitled to um, a severance package if you worked exclusively for this company in providing your services. I know they called you an independent contractor, but it, it could very well be that you are what would be considered an employee regardless of the title. So, Especially if, were you contracted to work a set period, like for one year or six months or something like that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I know, I knew it was an ongoing contract. It was, I was like, you know, we had discussed it was going to last a couple of years because they were actually not like in, in the city. So I was like going in and shutting the gyms down at night and, closing everything up for them and stuff like that and, and cleaning. And um, so, but I mean, there was no, there was no written contract between us at all. It was all verbal. Okay. Well, the two things I do, as I said before, I'd give, uh, you know, whoever wrote you the letter, whatever uh, body that, you know, whether it's Service Canada or the CRA, um, per, you know, work with them and provide as much evidence as possible that you work there, whether it's the pay deposits, um, if there was invoices, whatever the case might be, just work with them on that front and hopefully that rectifies things. And if you're also curious about the prospects of maybe getting a severance package, uh, like I said before, even though you were called an independent contractor, you very well might not be considered one at law and we could help you with that as well. So you could be entitled to some money on that end. So if that's something you're interested in, you can give us a call and uh, 
we can help you there. And otherwise, I would just work with um, providing as much evidence as possible that they're that they're looking for at this stage. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I just can't get through to anybody at Service Canada, but. <laughs> I know, I know. It is a yeah, nightmare okay. right now. Yeah, but I- Thanks, Nicola. Appreciate your time. Got to let you go and uh, and move on. By the way, you want to reach out any further, uh, you can do so. one 821 5900 1-855-821-5900. 5900 to get a hold of Andrew or a member of his uh, of his team there by the way it is uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca phone calls 416-870-6400 but uh, the second situation uh, as we get back to the week that was Andrew you wanted to talk about what was it yeah so the second situation this is something that you know predates the pandemic something that's come mm-hmm. up for years sure <clears throat> and this involves uh, someone else who called me about 2 weeks ago they worked in a warehouse uh, and they had fired from their job. Their their employer said, we were restructuring. We don't need your, you in your role anymore. And they offered him a severance package. The interesting thing about this gentleman is he had worked 65 hours a week on a, on a very consistent basis, almost every week uh, in and around 65 hours. And he received overtime pay for the hours that were in excess of 44. So when he got his severance package, um, the entitlement was calculated on his base salary only. And when he came to me and asked, you know, have I been offered enough months of severance based on, mm. you know, what was going on? I said, well, n- number one, not only were you not offered enough, you know, in terms of your, your monthly severance entitlement, I think he was offered 10 and it should have been closer to 18. But I said, look, the bigger problem here is you used to work 65 hours a week and you were getting right. overtime pay. This is based on your base salary. So even the, the 10 months that they offered you, it should be close to double because you earned close to double during that time. Um, so I ended up contacting the company and you know engaging them and explained our position. And very quickly, they turned around and they provided a package that reflected his historical earnings, including the overtime. So very, very quickly, even though you know it didn't, the amount of months he was getting didn't double, you know, the the total dollar value did because they included his overtime pay for the period that they gave him. So it was a huge return for uh, this gentleman and it, for the individuals out there listening that work overtime, if you are ever let go from your job, don't accept any package that doesn't include uh, your overtime if that's something you consistently work because you should be getting all forms of compensation during the severance period, not just base salary. Reaching out, by the way, to uh, to Andrew, as I mentioned, help at employmentlawyer.ca, 1-855-821-5900. But here and now, still got another minute. We'll get this call in before we uh, before we take a short break. Uh, Tony, good evening. How are you? Good, guys. How are you? Good, brother. What's on your mind? My question is, uh, if you're awarded severance, and let's just say you're awarded 15 months, and the company's paying you, and then you find a job four or five months down the road, does that mean that your severance is automatically uh, stopped, or how does that work, or is it negotiated? What? How does that work? Okay. Well, have you? Have, is this a situation you're currently dealing with? It is a situation that I foresee coming up because I've been laid off uh, since last March, and I'm just waiting for January third to come, and then I'm going to ask for my severance from my company. Okay. So. Here, here's how this works, okay? If you're entitled to a certain amount of severance, like like you just said, you think 15 months, and you find a job before you reach a settlement, 
within that 15 month period, then that company, your old company that let you go gets credit for some of the earnings that you earn uh, with the new employer. So like you said, if you're entitled to 15 months severance and you find a new job after four or five months, your previous employer could get credit very well for the money you earn in the new job. That being said, if you and your previous employer make an agreement on severance before you find the job, so for example, maybe you and your employer work out, okay, I'll take 10 months instead of 15, and they agree to pay you a lump sum payment of 10 months, you can take that 10 month offer and then find a job anytime thereafter, as long as, the, as long as that's negotiated between you and the employer, then you're fine. The concern is if you find the job before a settlement is reached, it could have a huge impact on you. So the goal in your case is to reach a settlement before you obtain a new job. That's gonna be your primary target here. So don't get paid monthly, ask basically for a one-time lump payment. Yes, your best case scenario is to get a lump sum payment, get paid all at once, have it firm in writing that this is what you get, have nothing in there about what happens if you find this job or that job or the other, and then you get to keep it and go. And I mean, as you know, Tony, I don't know if you've listened to the show, but as most of the listeners know, negotiating severance packages is kind of our bread and butter at the firm. So if you have any concerns and want to get ahead of it, give us a call and, and we'll do our best to help you out. That's a good suggestion, Tony. It's a, it's a simple phone call to make. I would do it before making the next step for sure. And that number, one 821 5900 Tony, email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll take a quick break here. Back to more of your calls, the Monday night edition, Employment Law Show, 416-870-6400. This is Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back to it. It is at 722. Plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions. Feel free to do so. Could uh, save you a lot of heartache later on, especially if you're looking down the uh, the pike of a layoff or a termination or you're, you've been laid off since COVID-19 temporarily. You want to know which way to go, call the number. Ask Andrew your questions, 416 870 6400 help at employmentlawyer.ca and when the show is over any other time as a matter of fact go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca ton of information there it's absolutely free it's anonymous and wrapped up into that website would be the uh, trustee severance pay calculator which literally hundreds of thousands have used and uh, been enlightened for sure that's all part of pocketemploymentlawyer.ca all right let's get to this termination versus layoff what's the difference let's break it down what is a termination well, the termination very simply is just <clears throat> the end of an employee's work with a company. So when we talk about a termination, we refer to one, uh, you know, the termination's permanent. So the employee permanently no longer works with a company. And two, it's a decision that was made by the employer. So pretty much the employer makes a decision that a certain employee no longer works for the company uh, is, is very, you know, is what we refer to as a termination at a very general level. Are there different types of termination? We got uh, for cause, without cons, uh, without cause, constructive dismissal. We hear those terms all the time in this show, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. These are terms we deal with week in and week out. Mm. The most common type of termination is what is known as a without cause termination. 
So what we mean by that is a situation where the employer decides to let an employee go and the employee did not do anything wrong, so to speak, in, in the employer making that decision. So maybe the employer wants to restructure, they can't afford to pay that employee anymore. Um, you know, they're not happy with the fit necessarily, but, you know, things where an employee simply isn't to blame for the fact that they were terminated, where that can be compared to a for-cause termination, which is a situation where an employee acts so terribly, you know, maybe they steal from the company, they engage in, you know, harassment, you know, really significant forms of harassment in the workplace, um, and to the point where, you know, the employer can no longer have that individual work there. And in that situation, an employer might say, look, we have to let you go for a cause because you did A, B, and C. And the important thing to know uh, for the listeners out there in this situation is it's very, very hard for an employer to establish that it has cause for termination. So the thing that has to be done by the employee has to be so bad or you know, it has to be significantly bad and happen time and time again, despite repeated warnings, in order for it to be a for-cause termination. So it's very rare an employer could ever make that out. And then the last uh, example of a termination would be what's called a constructive dismissal, where the employer is not necessarily telling an employee, hey, we're letting you go. However, the employer is doing something to change the terms of that individual's employment so, for example, the employer says, look, I know you used to make 80000 a year, but I'm now cutting your pay to 50000 Or I know you used to work 40 hours a week, but now I'm cutting your hours to 20 hours per week. Right. And the employer, and that's, sorry, the employee rather in that situation says, I don't agree to that. I don't want that. That's a huge change. And if that employee says, I'm not accepting that, I'm out of here. Um, it will be interpreted as a termination because the employer essentially forced them into a corner and forced them to leave their job that they didn't voluntarily uh, decide to do. Things like that are change of pay, change of work hours, you go from day to night, or they change your work location, stuff like that would all be under the banner of constructive dismissal, would it not? Yeah, it would be. Uh, you know, those are very common ones as well that, you know, people I've seen worked exclusively day shifts and now their employer says, hey, you know, we want you to work 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. And is right. And, you know, the employee has a family and kids and they don't want to do that. But frankly, even if they didn't have a family and kids, they wouldn't have to make that decision. They could say no. Um, And then another common one is what's, you know, a toxic workplace where if an employee is subject to discrimination and harassment um, and mistreatment by, you know, his or her colleagues or managers, um, they can not, you know, they can accept uh, in a situation where they say, I'm not dealing with this anymore and I can't work in such a poisoned environment and I'm out of here. So that's another example that comes up absolutely all the time. The number 416-870-6400. That is how you call through here on the air for the next little while and talk to Andrew, ask your questions in that regard. We'll go to uh, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Thanks for standing by. Hi. Go ahead. Um, I have a question regarding uh, January 3rd. So I've been on temporary layoff now since April. Um, I keep getting, they, they've sent me letters extending my layoff. Um, now on April 3rd, do they have to hire me back? Hmm. Or sorry, January 3rd, do they have to hire me back? Um, if so, how long um, do they have to hire me back? Um, and the other thing is, I noticed that they changed my title from staff accountant 
to AP on my on one of my uh, you know the login um, with the our our, um, our payroll log login. So I'm wondering if that can affect anything as well. Uh, okay, so those are both very good questions. Okay, so I'm going to answer your first question uh, to start. Okay, without getting into you know into the weeds too much, currently you know the government has created this leave of absence called an infectious disease emergency leave, which is scheduled to end on January 3rd. Now this leave was currently scheduled to end in September, but they then extended it as uh, the pandemic worsened. So number one, that that's kind of the leave that your employer is considering you to be on right now, that could be extended past January 3rd if things don't improve. So if everything stands the way it is, then okay, maybe it ends January 3rd. The problem is at that point, your employer could try to transition you to a regular temporary layoff, right? Because the current layoff you're on isn't the regular one under the Employment Standards Act. It's a special one that they created in the pandemic. So if on January 3rd, your employer takes the position, okay, now we're transitioning you to a regular layoff. If you're receiving benefits coverage right now, that layoff could extend another 35 weeks after January 3rd. And if you're not receiving benefits coverage, it will last up to 13 weeks after January 3rd. So there's okay, no I... guarantee that your employer is going to bring you back. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Sorry, I, I am. <laughs> I'm on currently on EI, so... No, not EI, like health and dental benefits, I'm talking. When I say benefits, I mean if you get health coverage, dental coverage, any type no. of benefits package at work, okay? No, 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 I don't get anything. So then in that case, they could try another 13 weeks, okay? So right now, it, it, you can't be sure when they're going to call you back. The bottom line is, however, that the overwhelming odds are they could not put you on this layoff in the first place. And just by doing so, you could already treat this as a termination. Okay, so if you'd like, you can give us a call, and this is a call we get probably 50 plus times a week. You can look into whether you can pursue now um, treating your employment as being terminated because of the layoff, or if you're content to wait till January 3rd, which is your decision to make, you can reassess at that point, and if they don't call you back, give us a call then, and, and we can see what we can do and uh, to help you get a severance package in that situation so you're not in limbo forever. Okay, so will it affect it if I call, uh, if I um, start that now or if I start that in January? Will it affect my severance at all in any way? It'll be treated the same. Right now you're on a layoff that the overwhelming odds or they didn't have the right to put you on a layoff. On January 3rd, if you're not recalled um, and the employer doesn't say, okay, you're terminated, if they try to extend your layoff, then you're just going to be in the same boat you're in at that time. So the only difference could be is if January 3rd rolls around and they say, okay, Sandra, you know, you're terminated now, uh, here's your severance. That could theoretically happen. If it doesn't happen, then you're going to be in the exact same boat you're in today. Okay? Okay. Um, sorry, related to this as well. So if they bring me back for, say, another three, four weeks or a month to help um, close the year off, can they lay me off again on temporary layoff? Like, or can I refuse to go back on, on a temporary layoff? Well, they, they could do whatever they want. And until you refuse, nothing's going to happen, right? They put you on a layoff this time around and you didn't refuse and you're on the layoff. And what I'm telling you is you could right now decide to refuse it and treat it as a termination. The problem you're okay. going to face is if you go back to work and then get put on another layoff, 
the employer suddenly will have an argument to say, look, we've laid her off before. She didn't say anything. She came back. We're laying her off again. Clearly, she accepts these kind of things. And you okay. want to avoid a situation where an employer has that argument. So you're better off acting on that sooner than later, because as soon as you're laid off multiple times, it can be a problem. Sandra, appreciate the call. Reaching out, one 821 5900 That's the way to do that. Moving down the line to uh, Karen. Hi, Karen. Thanks for standing by. Good evening. How are you tonight? Great. What's on your mind? Um, well, I just had a question. Um, I used to work in a restaurant in a hotel, and at the end of March, I left due to the restaurant closing. They laid us off. So we received the emergency benefit, and then at the end of October, we received a letter in the mail saying that our services were no longer required, so they were terminating us. So my question is, are we entitled to severance pay at all? Uh, absolutely. Very simple. Absolutely. So if you got a letter... If, if you first were put on a temporary layoff and then you received right. an updated letter and that letter is very clear that your your employment is ended, so you've been terminated yeah. from your job, you're entitled to severance for sure. But isn't it a little strange that it was never offered to us? Like we just received the letter and there was nothing more than that. Like well, are they supposed if, to automatically give it to us or are we supposed to fight for it? Well, if employers always did the right thing, then we wouldn't exist, okay? So no <laughs> I'd love to tell you that I agree with you, that you should have got something, you should have received something. And unfortunately, you know, I assume if it's a hotel, they're probably yeah. strapped for cash. And what they're doing is that they're hoping people just have found new jobs by now and are moving on with their lives and are kind of putting this out as far as possible. And, and that's what a lot of employers are doing right now. So... Um, you know, I, again, like I said, they should have paid you something if you're being terminated and you didn't do anything to, to cause it. Um, that's so severe. And like, in this case, you did nothing clearly you're, you're owed severance. And if they're not giving it to you and haven't offered you anything, uh, by all means, uh, give us a call and, uh, we'd be happy to help out, uh, any way we can. Oh, I was okay. I just needed to know, mm -hmm. you know, if it was proper or not before I go to fight for it because I do enjoy a good fight of course <laughs> but, but um, you know I just didn't want to start fighting if I didn't have a leg to stand on <laughs> no absolutely we're, we're happy okay. to help so I can get in touch with you if there's any issues you're going to get well, in touch with, uh, with them regardless Karen that's how you want to handle this right uh, right Andrew yeah for sure I would yeah, call us before uh, John's 100% correct the best thing you could do is give us a call before you do anything. Because <clears throat> if you do the wrong thing, if you go to the Ministry of Labor, which would be a mistake, or mm -hmm. you know, you say the wrong thing to the employer or sell yourself short on your severance entitlements, uh, that could hurt what we're able to do. So always call us first, be proactive, and that's the best way you can deal with these types of things. And here's how you do that, Karen, until you, you make your next move, will be to pick up that phone, one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Still plenty of time here on air to ask your questions like Karen did and like those before her, 416-870-6400. That's how you do it. Uh, Jamie, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging on for a few minutes. How are you? Hey, good. How are you? Good, man. What's uh, what's uh, what's on your uh, on your mind? 
question uh, around uh, time, time in lieu of severance. So I work for a company that tends to make, you know, quite often acquisitions and that leads to consistent restructuring. Um, they, a bit of a habit uh, I've seen in the past is, is time in lieu. So instead of giving, you know, whatever, you're entitled to 12 month severance, they'll, they'll do six, six months uh, mm-hmm. um, working notice and then, you know, six months of a severance. Is that, is that something that they're entitled to do or is that uh, skirting the, the labor laws? So, so Jamie, that's an excellent question. And this is something that, you know, people speak to me of all the time. And the reality is they are allowed to do that. So it's funny because you framed it time in lieu of severance, but really the proper phrase for severance is pay in lieu of notice. So an employer can give you advance notice of the firing. And that would count in most cases, as long as it's very clear when your end date is going to be. If today is November 30th and your end date is March 12th definitively, then that period of time would count towards your severance. Now, during that time, they have to keep all your terms of employment intact. And I know it's it sucks and I know no one wants to deal with that. And frankly, most employers don't do this that often because they don't want people around. They've just fired. So it's not very common but ultimately your employer is trying to save a buck. And and the last point I'll make is that um, there is a portion of your severance, depending on how big the company is, that has to be paid out. It can't be provided by notice. So, and and again, if you're worried about these details or whatever, you're welcome to give us a call and we can get into it further. But um, in terms of the employer giving notice uh, as part of the overall severance, uh, that is something that they're actually permitted to do. Okay. Uh, great. Thanks. Thanks, Jamie. Appreciate it. You want to reach out <laughs> further, you can do that. Uh, you know how by now, one 821 5900 the number here, 416-870-6400. Uh, Abdullah, good evening. How are you? Good evening, guys. Good. How are you? You. Uh, we're doing okay. What's uh, What's on your mind? Uh, I'm calling on behalf of my wife, actually. She worked for an employer for about seven years. Uh, the last four years, she worked from home. And then uh, we decided to have a baby. And just a month before uh, she delivered a baby, she, they gave her the news that she everyone will start working from the office, which was far from where, where we lived. And she was like, all right, I'm just going to go on parental leave. And uh, she never went back to work because she couldn't work. uh, She couldn't go to the office. And that was like over two years, like two years and three months. But uh, I know you have a two years limit to kind of fight it. But in my case, or in her case, uh, she was on parental leave, right? Yeah, that's that's tricky. I mean you do have two years to make a claim, right? So if the claim would have started <clears throat> when, uh, you know, the, at the time they transitioned her and asked her to work back at the office, she'd be out of luck. However, if she was formally on parental leave and that was reflected in her record of employment and she was on a leave of absence, it's possible that the technical end of her employment has been within two years, right? It just depends all on timing. And it depends kind of what was communicated. I mean, after she went on parental leave, did she just never reach out to the company and the company never reached out to her again? Or, or what happened there? No, never, because uh, because she knew, like, they, 
they told her no one is allowed to work from home and everyone will have to go to office and she never tried to reach them after after that well look i think we're gonna have to get a better sense of timing i think it's possible there could be something there um ultimately it'll defend it'll depend on kind of getting a little bit more information from you and your wife um, but that being said, you know, claims have to come in within two years. We're going to have to, in order for us to help you, we'd have to find a creative way to tie it to a period of time, uh, you know, that's more recent than the two-year mark. So if you are going to seek some kind of advice in light of how much time has already elapsed, I would do so absolutely immediately. See if there's something we can do. There might not be, but if you're going to try, try now. Abdul, appreciate the time, appreciate the call. Here's how you uh, you carry forward, and time is of the essence for you. It's uh, 1-855-821-5900, 1-855-821-5900. Back to our chat about termination versus layoff. Um, layoff, everyone talks about layoff. Define the term for me. So a layoff, yeah, everyone does talk about it. It's probably Especially the most... Now. Yeah, exactly. It's probably the most common word that, you know, is recited on this show now, period, and uh, that I hear every day at work. Um, but when we say layoff, you know, theoretically, we could refer to a permanent layoff, which is just the same as a termination, you're let go. But typically, when the word layoff is used, we're referring to a temporary layoff where your employer hasn't said your that to an individual that his or her employment is done with the company forever but they're just saying we temporarily don't need you so you're still an employee of the company but we don't need you to come into work and we're not going to pay you so sit at home collect government benefits we'll call you when we call you in terms of temporary layoff do i have to accept this sit at home and wait on ice until i get called back to work and no, you absolutely do not have to do that. And, and again, like, you know, I think one of the callers earlier touched on that exact same thing where more often than not, I would say, you know, nine and a half times out of 10, an individual uh, can 100% refuse the layoff and in doing so treat it as a termination because layoffs might exist as a possibility to employers. But what's important is, does the employer have the right to impose a layoff? And the vast majority of the time, they do not have that right because it doesn't say in someone's contract that a layoff is, you know, could be something that's possible. And that person hasn't been laid off before. Uh, that's the vast majority of the circumstances that we see. So if, you know, if you're one of those people and the vast majority of people, you absolutely do not have to accept the layoff. And uh, in the circumstances, you know, we talked about constructive dismissal before at the outset of the show saying it's a situation where an employer could reduce your hours or reduce your pay or change the terms of your employment. Right. There's nothing more fundamental than an employer telling you you have no more hours and you're now making no more money. So that's honestly like the ultimate form of constructive dismissal. So those individuals who are placed on a layoff, a lot of them can treat it as a termination and, and pursue a severance if that's what they choose to do. And if I choose to do that, does it make a difference in the amount of severance I get as opposed to just a normal severance package? Great question. And the answer to that is absolutely not. So whatever the cause of the termination is, unless it's a four-cause termination, which a constructive dismissal is not and which a layoff is not, the severance would be the exact same as if your employer just said, hey, look, we're, uh, we don't need you anymore. We're restructuring or whatever. And here's your severance. So the, the entitlements do not change whatsoever in that situation.
We are just about out of time for another evening. Want to reach out to Andrew or a member of the crew now? It's uh, it is no problem. I'll be giving the number out. I will continue to do so. It is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. One eight five five eight two one. 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca that's the email address and then finally like having a lawyer with you at all times pocketemploymentlawyer.ca it's a free website it's an anonymous website but there is a contact uh, button at the top right if you carry to uh, or you choose to reach out at that point again pocketemploymentlawyer.ca we'll catch you wednesday night and if you go to employmentlawyer.ca by the way you will catch links to our tv show as well so there you go don't go anywhere though on point returns with alex pearson that is on the way next on global news radio the preceding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.